Hello, listeners. You are listening to Face for Radio with fucking Harrison, Randall Aubrey, and the Viking. Come join us for your deluge of nerd culture, movies, television, technology, science, all these wonderful things we nerds obsess about here on Face for Radio. Good evening, everybody. Thank you for joining us for Face for Radio. As always, I am fucking Harrison. My co-host, my partner in crime, my hetero life mate, Randall Aubrey is sitting just next to me. Hey, everybody. What's happening? <laughs> and we have a special guest with us tonight. Hello, world. This is the Luna Viking. This is the Viking, Lady Viking, Luna Viking, anything Viking, and I'm in. Rar. Rar. <laughs> Rar. I did, whenever I hear you talk about your name or, or just you in general, I always imagine this large-helmed woman just staggering onto the battlefield with... Action hand and this beautiful helm of spikes and furs just adorning it. Oh, yeah. No, I have the whole outfit at home. (laughs) I've got the helm, the sword, everything. I know it's not entirely related, but it makes me think of the character from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, the guy that was the... uh, uh, he was the boss of the company that was bulldozing Arthur Dent's house. And if you guys remember from the from the books, he was a direct descendant of Genghis Khan. And every time he would get oh, nervous, yeah. he would have flashes of blood and horses. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And that's what I think of when I think of you, the Viking. <laughs> well, I do listen to Mongolian folk metal, so See. that works. Uh, that's that's Mongolian Mongol- folk that's metal. Mongolian folk that's metal. That's awfully specific. <laughs> that 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 is a genre I'm not familiar with. It, it's pretty new, and there's there's some good bands out there coming out with it, and it's starting to get big in the is metal that scene. So, yeah. Um, how many it, listeners equates big in the metal scene? Like more than five hundred? Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so we're going to start off the show here, as I think we're going to start off the show from now on, and we're going to do a little bit about Star Wars. Did we do? I know we mentioned this in the first episode, but I want to mention it again. That start that Harrison saw episode seven approximately forty-seven times. Uh, episode 40, 40, <laughs> 47 times. That seven is seven times for uh, forty-seven times for episode seven. That uh, I, that is That's incorrect, not Randall. True. That is incorrect. I have seen it to date. As of two weeks ago, the last viewing was the seventeenth time that I saw it in theater. Um, and I was actually very sad to see that it had been dropped from the marquee at the theater by my house. Yesterday morning, I was leaving for work, and uh, in big black block letters was Star Wars. And uh, when I came back in the evening, I passed the same marquee, and those letters were no longer there. It was I was saddened for a moment. I genuinely was 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 kind of taken aback. I thought that it was going to have another two weeks, but so you know they've got to make room. So there were seven weeks where Star Wars was playing there, and I take my hat off to that theater. And, for that, and that's as long a as fair run. But all I want to know is, did they replace Star Wars with Deadpool? Uh, yes, they did indeed replace then Star Wars with all Deadpool. Is forgiven. Um, the last showing of the night being Thursday before the official opening of Deadpool uh, was about forty-five minutes ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will be seeing Deadpool tomorrow, not once, but twice. Do a little thing, catch a drink afterwards, catch a drink before. But yeah, I'm going to go see Deadpool twice tomorrow because Deadpool. Yeah, it's fucking Deadpool. <laughs> because fucking Deadpool. Because, yeah. because fucking Deadpool and because fucking Ryan Reynolds and because 
because because Deadpool duh. because fucking Deadpool <laughs> because fucking Deadpool the merc with a mouth the merc with a mouth I I have high hopes and uh, and low expectations and oh no no I well I have moderately high expectations honestly Midland, Midland. <laughs> thank you yeah, thank you um, we had initially intended on having Deadpool as a major topic on this show this evening unfortunately as uh, it comes out tomorrow and we are still in the process of fine tuning next show. Uh, it will be on the next show, but next unfortunately, show. I, well, I feel it will be a little passe to talk about. But I'm still going to talk about because it's fucking Deadpool. Because yeah, we're course. fucking nerds, and this is a nerd show, yeah, so we're going to nerd about the things we show. like to nerd about. We're definitely like, going to do that. We're going to definitely nerd about Deadpool. We're going to nerd about a lot of things. But let's get back to fucking <laughs> topic Star Wars. at hand. We're going to talk about some Star Wars and topping our docket tonight. The big bad is coming back for Rogue One. Yes, ladies and gentlemen. Dun, da, 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 is coming back for Rogue One. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, I'm sure you know all about it, but the big bad himself, the Dark Lord of Sith, is going to be in Rogue One. Yeah, the big bad apparently is coming back. There is a bit of a synopsis going on with Rogue One floating around. I mean, I don't know. I'm seriously overly excited for this and i know 10 months away roughly Mm -hmm. from today before we get rogue one um but the idea of somebody coming in and seeing vader again uh, in in the prime of his uh, of 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 his true big bad oh, evil way. Oh, this is going to be fantastic. I'm fully excited. If you haven't read the the short synopsis, you know, we're going to see a lot of uh a lot of stormtroopers getting shot. Uh, apparently in the beginning, um, we're going to see a lot of the early Death Star. There's a great screen cap, supposed screen cap, of the Death Star cresting the horizon of some unnamed planet. Oh, nice. In, in some of these early, early shots, because they are in the middle of production right mm-hmm. now. They are, like, feverently in more than the middle of production. They're, they're on, like... If there's a halfway marker of like four months, they're nearly three months into principal photography. Right. So all of in like come come the end of March is post production. Well, right. here's here's the thing that really excites me about not only about the fact that Darth Vader is going to be in this is it's not just that they're bringing him back, which is awesome enough in his own right, but they're going to tease him out is what I've what I've been hearing because the actual villain for Rogue One is actually is going to be Grand Moff Tarkin. He's the central bad guy for Rogue One because he's trying to he's the one that's been tasked with uh, getting the getting the Death Star plans back from the people who stole it, because that's what Rogue One is about. It's about this. It's it's about a a subplot from episode four, New Hope, where uh, the there was a a group of, of mercenaries who were tasked with. Stealing the Death Star plans for the Rebel Alliance so that they could find the weak spot, and that's what's going to be going on here. Grand Marv Tarkin has been is has been uh, cast or whatever you want to call it as the villain, and um, Darth obviously he reports to Vader, and mm-hmm. so Vader's going to be in the movie, but just operating sort of above and beyond that. And since this is a and a Rogue One is part of what they're calling these anthology pieces. Mm-hmm. I think if they're going to keep along this kind of historical timeline for that, that maybe we can expect to see him playing a greater role in these, or I don't know, maybe not. It, but I wouldn't be surprised, honestly, given that um, 
we get this Rogue One, and then we get the next episode, uh, which is episode eight, and then uh, supposedly the year following that, we will have uh, another anthology story centered around a young Han Solo. So it would stand to reason that maybe we get maybe a, a bit of a flash a la, a la um, Thanos, mm-hmm. you know, but with, with Darth Vader yeah. instead. It's, it's going to be the Marvel studioification of, oh, of yes. Star Wars. <laughs> oh, yes. Which is a little... Oh, yes. We didn't talk about this in the, in, the, in the first show, but that's something that a little bit saddens me but what, what's that just like like i said i mean just like the the marvelification of of star wars but it's also kind of cool too but um, how how fucking awesome is it that we are getting darth vader back you know we uh, haven't seen him since episode right. six this is very and this is very exciting this is very exciting and you know for the most you know the most epic fucking metal character in the star wars universe to come back you know this is why i love Darth Vader, because he is the most metal fucking character well, in the Star Wars so, universe. Here's a question. I think I know the question you're going to ask. Go ahead, Randall. I heard a I heard a I heard a joke the other day that okay. said something to the effect that you know Star Wars episodes Star Wars episode seven is geek reparations. Okay, okay, for it's sure. It's fucking geek reparations. It really is for okay. an entire for 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 an entire generation, multiple generations, either even of Star Wars fans. It is such redemption, but there is a missing link in the chain, which is Darth Vader. Darth Vader, yeah. Because let's not yeah. forget, let's not forget the the iconically cringeworthy moment at the end of episode three where Darth no! Like that is that is that is, My that legs is so many people's last memory of Darth Vader, and, and it's, it's a so tarnishing sad. of that legacy. And so we're gonna get him back. And and here's the thing: like you said, Disney knows what they're doing, and they're gonna make well, they're gonna make Vader into this like like they're he's gonna he's gonna be the the he's gonna be Maleficent for they're gonna reinstill the yes. Vader in the hearts and minds of a new generation, yes. hopefully, and. I do have one holdout. I really, really am, am, am fairly positive and exceptionally hopeful that James Earl Jones comes back Absolutely. and does the voice for Vader because I know Disney will look high and low and far afield to find somebody who sounds as close to him as possible, but the true nerd fans will know the oh, difference. We'll know. Absolutely. So I we'll am know, and we will be definitely. judging. Oh well They yes. better get James yes, Earl Jones will. back for Darth Vader. We, we'll see. I mean <laughs> the guy I mean if the guy says no, what are we gonna do? Well, well we there's got, no eh, way yeah. he's gonna say no. I mean he's in a very lofty position now sure. where Disney can go to him and say, There is no other Darth Vader but James Earl Jones. So and you here's, know, here's two hundred thousand dollars. Two hundred thousand. No, here's can, can here's you, fifteen million dollars. Oh no, I can't imagine it would be that much. Here's oh, you, here's two hundred thousand dollars. Can you say these five lines? I mean, Disney. Di- Vader doesn't have to say much. He's an image, and he doesn't say a lot in that first film. Tear the ship apart until I found the traitors. I want them alive, and that's all you hear from him for an hour almost. <laughs> yeah. But 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 that's the thing is, if without without him, 
those five lines he might have in Rogue One True. are meaningless, so, which puts that man in an incredible bargaining position to be like, well, I want $10 million to come back and play Darth Vader and, after Oh, and they'll years. give it to him. They'll and they'll up. fucking give it. Oh, yeah. They paid $2 billion for will. Lucasfilm and made it back in about three uh, weeks. Right. $2.3 billion, thank you very much. Yeah, whatever, uh, no, they made it back me. in a month, it was, dude. It was, um, correction, it was four. Point three billion. They paid four four point three billion. billion for all rights in perpetuity to Lucasfilm and everything attached to it. And they how much of that have they made back half already? Of it. <laughs> they right. Made so half they can, of it back. So they can with give, all the merchandise and DVDs. In, DVD no, in that seven weeks before yeah. most of the merchandise, and yeah. we haven't even done DVD, Blu-ray, yeah, any oh, of that. Yeah. It's, it's going to pay for itself in one film. Sales. One film. More than likely, they're gonna they're looking at uh, another billion dollars just in DVD it's gonna, and merchandise sales. It's going to pay for itself by the end of this fiscal year. Yes. Yes. It will. Absolutely. It's already. It's the hell of an investment done. they made. Yeah, we're going to segue here into a little part about a young lady who actually watched the original trilogy for the first time while she was doing it. She did a bit of live tweeting. Now, mind you, this is six <laughs> movies that she watched. If I'm not mistaken, or she watched just the original trilogy. No, she she just watched the original, the original trilogy. trilogy. Okay, so she watched the original tri trilogy, and uh, as you can imagine, as many of you probably have already seen if you're a nerd, a Star Wars nerd, um, she tweeted quite a bit. So uh, Randall is going to highlight probably <laughs> some of the, the the best pieces that she threw out there. So Randall, so <laughs> I mean to kick things off, like the first thing that the first thing that she she tweeted out was this intro song is so much longer than pop culture has led me to believe, right? <laughs> you watch right. those credits Takes roll like a by. Full three minutes to get through it. It's, yeah, it's, it's time. It's it. There's some timeliness there. Um, and then you know, of course, the after the the movie opens up with the Star Destroyer following the Corellian cruiser and everything, the first thing you see is is Darth Vader busting into the the cruiser, and she opens up with saying, "Space Voldemort is here. His cape is the fucking business. I don't give a fuck what y'all think. Assuming he's a good guy." Hashtag Star Wars. So she. Took a second and made a snap decision and assumed that Darth Vader, the big bad of all big bads, the precursor of all of the villains from the last mm, 35 fucking years, was a good guy. <laughs> well, depending on who you're rooting for, he could be true. a good guy. She could also just be trolling. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> but that's just the excuse for everything that's these the days. She could just is. be trolling. Well, she also calls him Mufasa. She says, Space Voldemort equals Mufasa. I can hear it and IMDb verified it and I am thus certain he is the hero. So she just basically connected the James Earl Jones dots. Which kudos no, it's to her. Jer it's Jeremy Irons uh, who was Mufasa. Uh, it was James Earl Jones who was Mufasa. Oh, Mufasa. No, you're right. Uh, I'm thinking about Scar. I'm sorry. Right. Shame on you. I don't, I don't so know, uh, let's go to some to of. Uh, so let's let's do her like top three. Okay, I mean, there's there's a lot. I mean, I went Th through. There and is a lot. I went through and curated the best ones, and it took four fucking pages. Well, I like when she's like, "Gold robot man says fuck this desert shit." Space trash can says, "Nope, desert is where the ladies are at." <laughs> <laughs> oh lord! Oh, and one of my favorites was she says, "I have no need for a protocol droid." Equals my new put down for randos in bars. <laughs> Bravo! <laughs> Fucking priceless. I like this. Literally, like ten seconds of Soful staring into the distance, and then he's ready to go to space Hogwarts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Well, and, she, and then right after that, she's like, what? Ben Kenobi just chopped off someone's arm in a bar? Luke, run. He is clearly a bad guy. Oh, my Which Lord. Which is immediately followed up with Space Indiana Jones is here. Oh. But why can't he pronounce Falcon? Space Indiana Jones. Because uh, if you remember, he calls the Millennium Falcon Falcon. Falcon. It's the Millennium yeah. Falcon. And well, it's, well, he calls it the Falcon. I mean, you know. No, he calls it the Falcon. And then she, oh, yeah, Space Indiana Jones' friend needs a shave. Like, whoa. It's it's fucking beautiful when she's like, oh, that poor space llama just died. And now these criminals are desecrating the corpse. This movie is kind of fucked up. Just <laughs> no, really, like I said, man, just... at this point, I'd say Luke exists to be rescued. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this woman's like her posts are gold. So then she she jumps into Jedi uh, so apparently they're building another Death Star. Dedication. Hashtag. <laughs> uh, guys, they blew up our first Death Star. What should we do now? Here's what they don't expect. Death Star 2.0. <laughs> I mean, this woman's sharp. I, I, you know, she's on it. Dude. I gotta, and Space Voldemort is back and more glam than ever. <laughs> <laughs> I like this one. Okay, is Luke like this fucking whiny the whole movie? I am ready for root I'm already rooting for Space Voldemort to fuck him up as much as possible. Seriously. <laughs> no, Luke is so he's just so pathetic. I find that hilarious because so that's kind of how I felt when I was watching Star Wars I was and when I was a kid, you know, Darth Vader. I'm like, Yes, Darth Vader, he's awesome. But he doesn't right. win. Well, no, one of my one of my favorites is definitely for speaking speaking of which is at the so at the end of of a new hope, uh, she tweets out medals medals for criminals, but seriously, the scene is deeply satisfying even if Luke deserves nothing and is the worst. Hashtag, <laughs> hashtag Star Wars. She does not like Luke. Nobody <laughs> likes Luke. Not really. Not anymore. So a uh, big surprise if anybody's following the news. Episode 8 has been pushed back. Originally, it was a uh, May 26th of 2017 release. And the powers that be decided, well, I think we'd like to do a better job. And we're going to push it back to December 2017. I'm not disappointed. No, I'm not remotely disappointed. If it gives them more time to make it like that much more fucking awesome, then yeah. of course take they, the time. Of course they were going to need more time. I yeah. mean, making a movie, especially a movie on this kind of scale, I mean, this is a huge endeavor. And <clears throat> for them to be able to for them to be able to say five movies in five years, like that's that's a hype thing. That's oh, a yeah. lot. That's well, totally, and, and well, it's totally a doing hype it. thing. But they're definitely going to need to push back dates, which 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 they're obviously doing here. You know, JJ, um, when the official release date was announced well over a year ago for episode seven, December the 18th of, of 2015, JJ um, came out like a week later and it was very clear that he was petitioning for another six months. He wanted to release in May of 2016, and Disney was just like, no, we need the movie, we need the movie, we need the movie. And and I'm sure everybody here can agree that though uh, Episode 7 was really, really good, there were some glaring oversights. Yeah, plenty. absolutely. Okay, yeah. and there were, there were plenty, be it CG, be it uh, acting, be it basic story. You know, there were a yeah. few plot holes 
And there were definitely some acting issues. Oh, some issues. of them are some enough are big enough to pilot a Star Destroyer. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. I know you guys oh, talked oh, a lot oh, about oh, this oh, on oh, the last oh, episode, oh. but the most painful thing for me uh, watching the new Star Wars movie was the fact that they built another fucking Death Star. Thank they you. might have called it something else. Yeah, Star Killer Base. Yeah, whatever. It's a fucking Death Star. Yeah. If you didn't learn once or twice, you built a third one, and now they blew that one up. Well, are I'm we going to stop seeing thinking, Death Stars now? Perhaps they were thinking 30 years was long enough maybe you know everybody everybody's over it no not while there's still people alive who blew it up the whole movie kind of plays out like oh let's let's it's we're we are we are we are avatars we know what this they are yeah yeah like daisy and finn and ever and 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 kylo ren and everybody and poe are just their avatars for the audience to sort of rediscover star wars for the first time and it's great and i i love i love the movie for that and i hate the movie for that right right and it's fine but let's the the thing i wanted to say is let's not pretend for a moment that telling everybody that doing five Star Wars movies in five years was anything other than like a publicity move. Oh, wow. absolutely, yeah. When you drop that shit at like, I mean, they, what they did at it, some kind of, was it the Star Wars celebration or was it Comic-Con or something where they made the big announcement and everybody was like, <gasps> just uh, a yeah, collective I think... gasp of a billion <laughs> nerds across the planet. I mean, that's why you do it. And yeah. it gets everybody chatting. And then, of course, in the in post, you can... You can you can push back release yeah. dates and yeah. you can have that room and everybody will forgive you because your thing is so awesome. Because you're doing a good job, yeah. And, and you're doing good. We're work. probably going to see some more pushbacks on release dates. Well, as I mean, yeah. this, it stands yeah. to reason now that if yeah. they're going to go ahead and they're going to push release dates back six months, which is roughly what it is, then uh, it obviously stands to reason that they're going to push everything back another six months. Which again, I'm fine with. I would have liked to have seen uh, a bit more time given to this last episode though i loved it um there were parts that i did hate and if it hadn't been for a, a few key scenes i i would have eh, i would have given it a, a solid meh rating mm. so uh i'm i'm very happy about this uh, another six months uh speaks to oh i can wait a lot of room more reshoots um, you know, uh, cleaning up the script, need to polish the CG. There's uh, any myriad of, of reasons and possibilities that open with an additional six months I for a want, movie so hotly anticipated I like this. I want them to take their time. Yes, yeah, I no, do, yeah. too. Do it right. I do, You did too. a bit of a rush job with, with, they did a bit of a rush job with episode seven, and I forgive them. Yeah. It's totally forgivable yeah. because it was a ton of fun, mm-hmm. and I saw it several times. No, 17, like, my hetero life made over here, but I, I saw awesome. four or five and, and I would thoroughly enjoyed it every time. And I thoroughly enjoyed picking apart everything that I loved and I hated about it because that's what we do. We're nerds. That's what we oh, do. We're fucking yeah. nerds. That's what we do here on face for radio. Now we're going to talk about, the X Files. So yes, the X Files is back on the air with Mulder and Scully, and it's fantastic. You know, I have been aware of of the this X Files reboot for some time now, probably about the last six months. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure it was uh, middle of summer where I heard the first inkling of, oh, the X Files is yeah. coming back, and there wasn't there wasn't much about it. Um, you know, for for us to really drool about and salivate, and I I knew that they had been uh, shooting uh, principal 
photography in uh, I believe they were shooting in Vancouver. LA. They were back up in Vancouver. They were back up in Vancouver. Yeah. Okay. So for anybody who knows, they shot um, X Files for the first I think five years in Vancouver. Right. They moved to LA for two or three years. Yeah. And then uh, I think they closed out the season. Um, the last two seasons, they were jumping around to different places, Nevada. Yeah. They went back up to Vancouver. So I mean, you know, half of the half of the series was actually shot in Vancouver. So they went back, and um, my first thought was, you know, uh, David Duchovny is going to come back looking looking like he. Uh, was just playing Hank Moody for the last five <laughs> years, you know, just like, uh, well, you know, I was, uh, I was on hiatus. I was on a sabbatical. I was paying, you know, playing this, um, you know, this, this out of work, uh, trumped up womanizing, uh, washed up writer. He's like, uh, I was, with a I was for, drunk. for hard liquor and, and yeah. cigarettes and, yep. and pussy. I think uh, he was probably actually drunk well, for a fair portion of that show. Well, I, you know, I, I've spoken with a few people about this and he was just playing an incarnation of himself. Exactly. On that exactly. show. This is like, so Hank Moody, actually David Duchovny. Right. I'm sure we could find some kind of similarity in the name there if Incarnate. we really, really yeah. chose to delve into that. And then, uh, you know, Jillian Anderson, uh, I mean, she hasn't had uh, the, the the same continued success uh, and the strong following. Britain. Well, which I was going to get into, yeah. which which really threw me. Um, so over here in the States, Jillian Anderson uh, hasn't had as, as much of a, a following. But for, for people who do follow her... Um, yeah, in the UK, she's been on the stage several times. She's done a lot of work with the BBC, yes. and um, and has also won a great series called The Fall, which she plays a detective and and just in a in a very you different vein from Scully, completely different, which makes it fantastic. But I'm gonna look that show. It's up a very I wasn't dark aware of show. That. It's really freaking good, and um, I highly recommend it. I think they've got it on Netflix. Well, see, I'm going to take a look at that. Um, yeah. But you know what threw me is, I mean, I grew up with the X-Files. I yeah. grew up with, you know, Dana Scully and Fox Mulder in my household. You know, they were regulars. Um, and now, I'd done uh, a lot of uh, a lot of research on both characters again, you know, enjoying their, their, their screen time as I did. Um, Gillian Anderson, you know, was born here in the States, uh, but spent quite a bit of time there in England. Yes. And I was watching an episode of Top Gear um, probably from a year ago, and she came on, and she had this very, very proper British accent. And I went, who the fuck is this? Um, and so when they were talking to her, the uh, the host, um, and fucking Clarkson, whatever the fuck, um, whichever one, because you know a lot of uh, you know a lot of Americans don't realize that you're from here, which is kind of true, kind of not true. Um, you know, I hear the accent and it, uh, it is kind of she bothers British? me. No, yeah, she's American, so. yeah. but she spent enough time over there that she. She's I think she's adopted switched. it. Yeah. I think she's yeah. adopted it, and yeah. she yeah. likes to play it the fact that oh, she's well, she's an American transplant into Britain. In Britain, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I mean, listening to the accent, it. it like hearing hearing her American accent for so long, it threw me, mm-hmm. and it seemed kind of disingenuous to me. It bothers me to hear her speak in that British accent because, uh, uh, like, uh, I think uh, two two weeks ago, I saw her in an interview on the Graham Norton show, mm-hmm. and she didn't have David with her. It was just her, 
And again, she was with the British accent, and nobody oh, said anything about it. It was very weird for me you know, to gotta, hear her with this British yeah. accent. In when the fall, all she I've speaks her. with it. Yeah, oh, she, okay. she's playing a Brit detective in the fall, so okay. she has the accent. Okay. I just, I just and gotta it, wonder. It didn't really bother me. And it's, it's, it's a proper like you know East End Cockney. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's believable, but knowing her as I do for the last you know on screen for the last twenty five years. Right. Uh, it's kind of throws like, me. I don't like it. It's, it's kind of like, like that Madonna thing. I was yeah. gonna say it's not like Madonna's fake British accent, right? Is it? right. No, because Madonna's fake believable. British accent is is fucking terrible. No, but I can just imagine that after after she's clearly she's filming on location, right? So she's how long has she been living overseas and working overseas time. with all of these, you know, with all years. of these people? And you just I can only assume that being immersed in that for so long that it's it. It might not be real, but it's not entirely, but it might be genuine. Mm-hmm. I think like where she's not, um, it's it's not as conscious as, as maybe it might seem. And that just be, because we all remember her as being someone who didn't speak that way, that it sounds weird to us, but. So, I, I mean, what I, what I noticed, at least from this first episode, is that I enjoyed the seeing the chemistry. Again, between Chemistry's the two of them, back a bit. and yeah. apparently listening to uh, interviews, they've kept in close touch. Yes, over the ensuing years since the X Files finished, like some 13, 15 yeah, years, 12 ago. years ago, About twelve, 12 years, years ago. Twelve years ago. So they've they've always kept it close. And uh, actually, I uh, um, I was uh, again I was watching a fun interview. Um, I think Jillian was on the Today Show right before X Files aired again, mm-hmm. and the inevitable question. Of some behind the scenes romance between her Have, and David. Oh, behind the scenes. Sprang up. Ah, okay. And uh, I think Jillian basically said that, you know, they became such good friends in the beginning of the series. You know, Jillian got married to a producer the second season, was pregnant mm-hmm. by the midpoint, which is the midpoint of the second season when she's abducted. You know, she's, right. she spends like three episodes on a goddamn dinghy in the goddamn river. Right. And she's actually, you know, got this big coat over and she's pregnant, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Um, so she was married. And then David got married to uh, Taylor Leone. Yeah. Um, so basically what she said is that they, they met at the wrong point in their lives because they were both, you know, otherwise engaged or married. Right. Uh, and then when, when the time came for them to pursue any kind of romantic relationship, they'd already been friends for so darn long that it would, it just seemed really it weird. It wouldn't make sense. But you could yeah. tell in the conversation that she kind of lamented the fact that they like missed that they their never window. Hooked up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. but I mean, they're still so close now. Yeah. Um, that, you know, coming back on their chemistry, it was like, it was like wearing an old pair of shoes. Yeah. And, and you know? we've been seeing that so far in the first four episodes and um, some interesting things happening in the first four episodes that, so that I want to talk snippets. about. I've caught snippets yeah. uh, here and there yeah. of uh, some of two, uh, some of three. And then I saw a fair amount of four yesterday while I was editing the big show, The Plex. Right. So, um, but go on. Okay. Well, I mean, I, I think... I want to put a little context into it, you know. Uh, the the big thing about the first nine seasons of the X Files was the group called the Syndicate, and they're the ones that had the conspiracy to make alien human hybrids. And this is where Scully's abdu- abduction comes in that yeah, we were the, just talking about. The Syndicate is all these these all these, these old, well tailored white men, um, yeah. mostly English or in, in the or very least American. aristocratic yeah. peoples, all sitting cloak and dagger like and talking about the the, the world and what's going to happen with it. Yes. Yeah, making way for the alien invasion, basically. 
So, you know, without going into too much detail, because, you know, it's been 12 years since it came out. Y'all should be seeing this by now. Um, uh, Scully gets abducted. She has this alien DNA. And, and that's where we pick up in the, the first episode of the, the rebooted series. Now, at the end of season nine, the alien invasion of Earth was supposed to take place on December 21st, 2012 at the end of the Mayan calendar. And and at the end of that episode, we see the cigarette smoking man just get fucking obliterated by fire. However. Car bomb. He's back. Yeah, he's back. He's still fucking alive. And, he's, and, he's, and we see him at the end of the first episode. Yeah, he's, he's, he's all burnt. And, and if, uh, if, if I'm... If I've been reading the blogs and, and the reviews and everything correctly, you know, um, season 10 is just six episodes. They're following a very uh, British formula of doing a short serialized, yeah. you know, each episode. The first episode, I think, was an hour and a half, and then each subsequent is about an hour. Right. And uh, they're only doing six. Right. Six episodes with the option, as I understand, if it's successful, yes. to do two more seasons right. in the same vein as these six episodes. And they're they've 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 bookend this season with uh, an opening, a cliffhanger, a cliffhanger, like they where did with we get the smoking man, yeah, and then we get like a monster of the week. Um, you know, uh, mm-hmm. a little little mystery story, maybe another mystery story and a monster of the week, and then the last episode of this season the sixth season run is going to give us closure from the first episode as I understand it. Okay. Yeah. And, and definitely the episodes can be broken out to, you know, monster of the week, the fun episode. And there was a really funny one on two weeks ago that okay. was hilarious with the, okay. li- the wear lizard. Oh, um, see, see that that's the episode that a I weird missed lizard then. a wear lizard it was oh, oh i'm was sorry wear lizard it's not weird lizard no it's so kitschy it's such a flashback to like 1950s sci-fi movies that are so oh, so see. terrible but so good creature it, from the deep exactly yeah so i i enjoy that thoroughly and obviously i'm missing out i've, I've not caught up i've yeah. not had a chance and then a lot of the so, so, uh, like two or three of the episodes so far have hit on mythology mythology episodes sort of carry the core story about Mulder and Scully and the involvement with the aliens and where they are in their personal life and um, you know the last episode really hit hit a hard one Um, Mulder and Scully had a son together Mm -hmm. and it was only implied that they might have had sex to conceive this son but it's never been fully confirmed and so it's immaculate reptilian conception well possibly <laughs> and um and uh, in season nine scully gives the kid up for adoption in order to protect him because the alien bounty hunter guys are after him so <laughs> <laughs> fucking illuminati soap opera that's all i'm saying so, let me let me be really clear uh yeah. growing up x-files was like the thing yeah it was and it uh, was. i think x-files started in um fall 1993 of, uh 1993 yeah, and I was huge with it, and yeah. I watched it uh, clear up uh, consistently through. I believe it was uh, the end of season five or six in nineteen ninety eight, and then you know by then I was eighteen and I was out drinking and you know ladies. Other and, priorities. Well, I grew up and got a life well, and didn't watch up, TV anymore. I grew up, I got a life, and I stopped watching you know uh, a, a soap opera with my mom. With sci fi, yeah. Um, and so, <laughs> just to be clear uh, and um, full disclosure. I still haven't seen the last two seasons of the X Files, and as You're I understand not a true it, fan. as I understand it, I'm not missing much. 
You know, you're really, really not. I mean, <laughs> there's a handful of episodes that are pretty good, and of course the con- conclusion. Yeah, which of I the watched. Which I watched the last two episodes. To yeah. be clear, I watched the last two episodes because it was ending. Yeah, the last episode was sort of like a recap of everything, and then all of a sudden they rushed to the dramatic end. You know, well, if but, the show ended so poorly, then why the hell did they bring it back? Because, because the pe- fan base is it. huge, and 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 because as a nostalgia. result, they didn't want to yeah. end on such a low. No, note. no, yeah. Because honestly, they should have ended it season well, six, I will and instead sa- they drug it out for another three years. I will tell you this as a fan: the lowest note was making that second movie that mm. second movie was terrible <laughs> yeah, terrible no, that was, was that common and uh um uh was it no, it no, was Parker such Posey. a it was just stupid I just, yeah it was stupid so i'm glad i'm glad that they're like trying to pull themselves out of that the horribleness mm-hmm. of that and and trying to do something uh, uh trying to refresh the series and it's 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 garnered 50 million viewers well, internationally. A lot of people so have been working. interested in watching it. Yeah. And, and I think that the fact that it's a short season, yeah. you know, a la, you know, British programming. What's well, a smart you know, move? People can get episodes. Engaged. People yeah. can watch it and, you know, they can literally binge watch the entire season in a day. Right. You know, and uh, they, they open very succinctly with Mulder just kind of recapping what happened, mm-hmm. who he was, who she was, Real why fast. he got into it, and kind of where they are now, and then they got into the business of it. They well, sure did. Well, the, one of the reasons why Chris Carter finally decided, hey, let's go back to this, is because he felt that during the Bush era politics that the X-Files wouldn't work. Mm. And now that we're coming back into an area where, you know, uh, Edward Snowden has released information about the NSA, you got the government you spying mean the, on the, the people. The era where everybody believes what happened in the X-Files is, is gospel truth. Is actually happening? Yes, yes. Well, no, not gospel truth, but certain aspects of, of the nature of the government, the way it works in the X-Files, are, are happening now in our government. So he felt like, hey, this is the time to bring it back. And, um, you know, I would I would say for a fan, for me, the most important thing going on in this series right now is where's their goddamn kid? Are we going to see him? Is he going to be a part of the show moving forward? That that would be William Scully and Mulder's son. I'm going to give you a, a small prediction on that. Um, they're going to leave that hanging this season. I think if they it, will. If yeah. You, yeah, you agree with me there. I agree they will yeah, leave it hanging. I think they'll leave it hanging if there, if there, if there is uh, enough of a calling for a, ne- for a follow-up season, which I think there will be. I think there will be, too. I think there will be at least room for one more season, yeah. but uh, knowing, knowing how the business works, they're probably going to do two more. Maybe. We'll see. So I think there's going to be enough of a calling for another season and he'll be kind of a cornerstone in there and they should, you know, work up some proper mythology, etc. And uh, I think we kind of need to sum this up here. Yeah. I just want to know how many truthers are watching this show looking for their next set of talking points. Well, you know what? What's funny about that is that there's sort of like a truther in the first episode of this new series. Oh, good. Yeah. And are they making fun of him? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, good. They absolutely oh, do. Good. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, this guy good, is good. like a proper news show. Yeah. Uh, well, I won't say news. Uh, I'll say loosely news show. Because one of the um, things... And, and the actor who plays him is... One, yeah, one of the things I did like about... Because I have seen some of the X-Files, obviously. It was around when it was new. Oh, yeah, okay. and yeah. Not the new one, but the original show is that... What I did love about the show is there was always... For for a good chunk of it, especially in the early days, there was always a very tongue in cheek feel. Hanging out, yeah, yeah. watching yeah, it with my is. mom. <laughs> I know. I remember quite specifically a time, uh, occasion or two, where you're like, oh, "You're watching X Files with your mom," <laughs> right? But yeah, no, I mean the show the the show was always 
pretty self-aware, especially in the early days. Yeah. Had a very tongue-in-cheek feel, and I hope that it they does. Ke- and I'm and I'm glad to know that they're keeping they that are. for yeah. a new generation by doing things like taking shot, you know, taking pot shots at all the people, like I said, mm-hmm. who were gonna who were eager to watch this for their newest set of talking points on Facebook tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the wear lizard episode. If you want tongue-in-cheek, <laughs> that's the one. That's the one. It it was very tongue-in-cheek. Right. So <clears throat> I'm uh definitely gonna end up binge watching at some point which yeah. is i mean i knew i was gonna end up doing because i mean in, in in the modern age of being able to you know do netflix and uh you know be able to sit and, and watch a consecutive season it's uh, great you know, i love it fully immerse yourself in a show for you know two days and come out like just you know oozing blood and gore from the series uh, i i know me and i something like this where it's only six episodes i would rather wait till it's finished Mm -hmm. and then just eat through it yeah in a day off you know and they go like oh my god (laughs) and i you know i'll do my i'll do my best to ignore the the big spoilers but you know i'll read a little bit here and there Mm -hmm. so i know that um i will i will definitely touch on this yeah um here in a later episode after i've watched the lot and I and I will say my one criticism of the the new series so far has been since it is only six episodes, it's getting rushed. A oh, lot yeah, of the stuff already. is getting rushed, okay. and and you know we have to live with it. But um, you know maybe I hope if they extend it, maybe they'll do maybe a twelve episode series or well, something, f- so we don't have to rush it. For intents and purposes, for all intents and purposes, this this could very well be a one off. Like, it could this be. Is it. it could be you know, it. Th- yeah, so absolutely. It kind of saddens me to hear that yeah. they might be a little too quick with the pacing. They are. Yeah. It does. It, it does make me sad because if 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 by chance this is all that they're going to do mm-hmm. and this is the last dying ember of the X-Files, then you think, you would hope that they would give it the proper send-off. Absolutely. But... But you and I both know yeah. they're probably getting <laughs> another season out of this. Yeah, we hope. So, <laughs> we hope. In addition to Face for Radio, we've got two other shows you guys should check out. First is The Plex, which is our big Sunday show. We do news, politics, and current events. That's live Sundays from 9 to midnight Pacific Standard Time. And we've also got Local Love, our Bay Area music show, which broadcasts Tuesdays from 9 to midnight Pacific Standard Time. For more information on both of those, go to echoplexmedia.com forward slash live and find everything you need to from there. The Plex and Local Love are both available as podcasts on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. On top of that, we got a number you guys can call. You can check out the Echoplex hotline at 408 457 1757. You can call anytime during either of the shows and weigh in on what's going on. When we're not broadcasting, go ahead and leave a message on there and we'll play the best ones on the Plex on the big show on Sundays. If you want to join the conversation here at Face for Radio, use on your social media feeds, use the hashtag RadioFace. Get in on the nerd shit going on there. You can also join us at our group on Facebook. It's called the Island of Misfit Nerds. You can find that at Facebook.com. We got a link to that up on the website as well. Also, you can check out the Echoplex Media fa- Facebook page at Facebook.com slash Echoplex Media. If you like what you're hearing and you want to support the show, which we certainly hope you will, uh, you can find us uh, on Patreon at Patreon.com forward slash Echoplex. and let you subscribe monthly to a donor service where you can dip in a couple bucks every month to help us keep all this good stuff going. We hope that we will. Thanks a lot for everything. I love you.
for all of you who have been following the fantastic little series called Jessica Jones, Christine and I want to take a, a minute here to, to really just kind of expound on the awesomeness of it. Um, and I'm going to, I'm going to open, of course, as I usually do with, uh, with, with the female lead. I mean, Kristen Ritter. <laughs> yes, 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 ma'am. <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, I, God, I'm, I'm such, such a pussy hound. It's, it's fantastic. <laughs> I am. I'm all about the pussy. It's ridiculous. I have, uh, I've, I've really enjoyed Kristen Ritter on screen since, uh, season two of Breaking Bad. Yes. Right. That's the, my first introduction of Kristen Ritter and those what lips. A tragic, tragic character oh, she played. Oh my God. And a horribly tragic character yeah. she played in that. Randall, did you watch Breaking Bad? You know what we're talking about? Of course I watched Breaking Bad. Of course Breaking you watched Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad, okay, Bad was fucking incredible. Incredible, oh. right? She was, and she was great as, as Jesse's girlfriend. Yeah. He was. Yeah. A very, a very tragic and awesome figure. Yes. So uh, when I heard that she had been cast, um, I immediately jumped on the Jessica Jones bandwagon. Now, uh, I've I've read a lot of, of, of comics, a lot of Marvel comics, but I, I'm not still to this date too terribly familiar with the uh, the comic image of Jessica Jones. You know, I know it's kind of body and, and I know she's an alcoholic and, you know, she's she's got these you know superpowers, you know, but uh, primarily what I know from Jessica Jones is is honestly from the series mm-hmm. and the incarnation of Jessica. When I think of Jessica Jones, I, I think of Kristen Ritter as this very damaged, uh, you know, alcoholic kind of uh, um, sociopath, you know, and um, I really enjoyed the series. I had a lot of fun with the series. Um, not just because of Jessica Jones, obviously, but we can get into the uh, to what else I liked about it here in mm-hmm. a minute. Yeah, you know, for for somebody coming in not knowing anything about Jessica Jones and and there. finding, uh, a, you know, a, a female in it, I'm not going to say she's a hero. I really see her as an anti-hero. And, Definitely an anti-hero. And seeing how complex her character is in the realm of what she is going through at the time of this series is really fantastic. And, and I think that more complex female characters in comic book series that are becoming televised or turned into films need to happen. You know, not just the badass kick-ass woman, but the badass kick-ass woman who has, you know, a lot of shit going on. It's yeah. got a lot of mental hang-ups, deficiencies, if you will. Well, just someone that's human, you know, yeah, hey, thank someone, you. Thank you. someone that is going through the whole human experience. Mm-hmm. And Jessica Jones is the embodiment of that, whether she has superpowers or not. Yeah. So as a female, I've really enjoyed watching uh, that portrayal. Well, this is about when Jessica Jones is about a, about a very particular aspect of the human female experience yes it is uh this this character is 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 horribly damaged in a way that that we can we can enjoy as an on-screen tragedy but that in a, in a real sense is incredibly traumatic i mean the show is basically a, a story about a young woman trying to cope with being raped and confronting her and confronting her abuser well, not how just, do you deal just raped with physically person? but like mentally mentally yeah, yeah i mean yeah. just in, mentally just, completely overtaken mm-hmm. by somebody right. this 
the, the the purple man. This isn't really a show about this isn't really a show about superheroes. No, it's not. No, it's not. No, yeah, and that's and that's a thing that is that is fascinating and and incredibly compelling, and also makes this show at a lot of points really difficult to watch. Yeah, I know for me, like I still have not been able to bring myself to to watch the last couple of episodes of the show. Oh yeah, not because I didn't like it, but because there's just so much to fucking chew on mm-hmm. with this show that it's like it's 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 really heavy and it's really bleak and it got to be a bit much and I like some heavy bleak yeah. shit especially with this kind of stuff and it was just like I needed to I needed to like take a break and you need I, to go watch like the Smurfs or you know some kind <laughs> right. of like fun happy animation just to kind of you know refill yeah. the, the happy place in your heart you yeah. need some time I, I to digest you feel on that. there I, is I really no do. hope in that show the it's last no. two episodes no. it's very grim the last two episodes I mean as anybody knows uh, you yeah. know the uh, the purple man he he has this power of of absolute and utter persuasion over somebody and and there's there's one scene where he tells a man to go and stand in the corner uh, across the street go stare at that brick wall and they flash to this character like two days later still standing in front of this brick wall shaking sweating and there's like piss all over oh, his yeah. trousers yeah. and there's a puddle at his feet and he's just like he can't even like look away from the wall I can't even turn his head he's just like so tortured it was it, I, I completely agree with you you know the Marvel films are very bright and shiny they are uh, ABC's uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. which uh, I stopped watching after the it's, first season. Uh, it season, wasn't really, season two was fun, but yeah, it's just it, it never really grabbed me. Well, it's ABC. It's dude. ABC. It's, it's family television, so it was it was it was a little cheeky. Well, I've was, kept up with it because I went to high school with Brett Dalton, so oh, it's kind of cool to see him in, we, in, we, we in have a show. Six degrees of separation. Uh, here, of but course, more we like do. two degrees of separation <laughs> here. But you know, you really have to give it up to. Um, Netflix because yeah this is this is direct streaming television here mm-hmm. so they have none of the restrictions that you know the big four or five on cable syndicated television have they yeah. can cuss they can swear they can show nudity but to their credit they're not showing full on boobs and bush they could well, it's not what it's about. Not in this but particular that's not series. What it's about. Yeah. That's not what it's yeah. about. So they're not degrading themselves to that point. They're keeping very gritty uh, and, and kind of dark uh, with with good humor. The writers obviously know what they're doing. And I love where they're directing this part of the MCU. I yes, really, really yes. like it. Now, I haven't watched Daredevil yet. Okay, yeah. I haven't watched Daredevil yet. Yeah. Finally, something I've seen and you uh, have yes, Yeah, I've seen holy, it. Holy, <laughs> holy no, cheese on I've a crack. How is this possible? Because I haven't made it to Daredevil yet. Because as you well know, I'm a a horrible womanizer. So if there's something very (laughs) prominent with a a, a female lead... Have you looked at my shirt? I'm sporting (laughs) an awesome shirt with Ray on it right here. So yes, if there's a woman headlining something i am like is that first, fight like a girl shirt is that like your feminist bait yeah this so is my feminist smart girls bait. like i get all the smart girls coming over like oh my god i love your shirt i'm like yeah i love your vagina i mean i'm sorry thank you yes no, of course no so of course priorities I on man this. i'll watch daredevil eventually um i know oh, i will it's wonderful i know i will but i'm like a shameless womanizer so what's, of course what's, I'm gonna watch what's cool first. is that both of these shows daredevil and jessica jones take place in the same 
continuity, even though they haven't crossed the characters over yet. They have. Which is what I was oh, leading to. They spoiler have. alert, go fuck yourself to someone who hasn't said. <laughs> no, yeah, wait, wait, hold on. Now. Daredevil season one started before season one of Jessica yeah, Jones. Yeah, they well did. Before. So did they cross so over? They crossed over is a Jessica character. Jessica in Daredevil? N- no. Luke Cage? No. Fuck off. Okay. I- Iron Fist? No. <laughs> okay, well, we're obviously leading into the what nurse. we're talking about. Oh, the Night Nurse, Nurse Rosario Dawson's yeah, character. Yeah, Rosario Dawson. Her Night character Nurse. is a crossover from the Daredevil series. Yes. Oh, shit. And so, so, that's, so there's that's the spoiler alert. There. Okay. And, and, and there's for, my spoiler for, alert. For a male who appreciates the good looking female, uh, Deborah Ann Wall is in Daredevil. And she was previously in True Blood. You would appreciate oh, the redhead. The redhead. Oh, she is really? in Daredevil. Is Start she a watching. Character in yes, that? she oh, is. Oh my god! I think I just got a little hard. <laughs> yeah, I love her. Really? So she's a. Oh. And for the ladies, Charlie Cox is. Uh, is that the the that super who plays Daredevil? Super hot. Oh, yes. really? Her? Fuck me, running. <laughs> She's so young. Okay, yeah, all right. Well, I'm, I'm going to queue up Daredevil as soon as you guys leave. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's worth watching. That's and not, and not just for the titties. But, um, you well, know. no, there aren't any titties in there. I mean, well, I mean, for I don't Jessica know. Jessica Jones, I mean, I think the most intriguing aspect of the, the lead villain's character being able to control people, mind, body, and soul is that we've seen characters like this before, and sometimes they're presented to us as kind of funny yeah. when they do stuff like this. Yeah. This show takes it to a level that is just visceral. It's frightening. Oh, yeah. It's yes. almost frightening. Like, like when he gets really the chick imagine. to bring over the bomb. Yeah. Uh, the, mean, the neighbor at the um, at Jessica's old house, her apartment, or oh, oh no, yeah, the yeah, old yeah, house, yeah, yeah. and the yeah, next door so neighbor lady with so. the with mm-hmm. the bomb, like yeah, yeah, yeah. it's fucked up, no, man. Just kill credit. kill the the little neighbor lady with uh, your ways, but you yeah, throw mad love to David Tennant. I mean, oh, he played that character I mean, so well. I've I've been I've been watching Tennant's career for a decade, at least. I mean, you know, a lot of people didn't even realize. Uh, his character till after he was done with you know uh, the doctor, mm-hmm. you know people really started to notice him. But I mean, I've I've been watching him. You know, he was in the Harry Potter films. He did a lot of stage. I mean, he did Casanova. I don't know if anybody has seen him in Casanova, but it's been a while since I've seen oh, that one. It was one. great. It was so much fun. And this was before he took uh, the TARDIS on. You know, as the Doctor. Um, I mean, Tennant brings such a villainous charismatic likability you know you really want to root for the bad guy because you know he's he's really twisted and you like him and you hate him <laughs> yeah you do and, and you know i mean he makes a good case for for somebody who's just misunderstood yeah. and who's just well you know he's he he was this this power was foisted on him through experimentation and this is just kind of how he figured out how to cope with it and so yeah it's not his fault it's not his fault. I didn't mean to rape you. I was in love with you. I'm you sorry. Know, it, I can't help if I say anything to you. It's yeah. I, you know, one of the best lines was, do you know how bad it is having this power? I once told a man to go fuck himself. Imagine the sight there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is beautiful. Beautiful. He's so tortured and so twisted. But I mean, so evil. And the yeah. way they tie in the actual, yeah. the, the visage of his purple persona mm-hmm. in 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 the comics uh or in 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 
in the in the series is is great when he's fully enraged and he's really pissed off he starts to glow this purple hue mm-hmm. just kind of his pigment changes in his skin he's not all bioluminescent and shit right but you know the veins kind of bust out you of his skin that. and then yeah. he changes this great deep like royal purple it's it was it was really really kind of fun to see that the, the the texturing and the mapping over him yeah i like the and i I mean, I don't know what you're talking about. In well, that, no, because so. you haven't made it that far. So, more spoiler alerts. Thank you. <laughs> wow. Fuck off. Um, <laughs> I knew this was coming. I didn't think this was a spoiler-free show. Um, I mean, it's not. It's not. It's, it's not. not, I guess. I didn't think so. Uh, no, one of, the, one of the scenes I did really love is the when they actually have him in the in the jail and he gets all the he like gets all the cops in the station to point the guns at their mm-hmm. heads and yeah it was like, like episode three or something yeah and then just like walks on out he's and like then he tells everybody, way, everybody yeah, when i leave you're gonna all act like y'all just heard the funniest thing in your life mm-hmm. and so they're all like standing there with the guns in their heads and he walks away and then they all just look at each other and start laughing and put the guns down and nobody knows what the fuck happened and i was like well and they all know what happened but none of so them are valuable. gonna make a report about it not not a one of them is going to say anything bad about it because it would just bring up a whole rat's nest of issues. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the key points of the show. They cannot prove that this guy A, exists and yeah. prove what he can do. Yeah, which is yeah. great. Uh, honestly, like I had the biggest heart on two for like two weeks after I was done with this. I was just like, boy, that would be a lot of fun to have that power. <laughs> oh my God, would that have so many just fantastic ramifications on my life Too tempting. and everybody else around me. Plex would like to give a shout out to Soapbox Media. Soapbox Media is Randall Aubrey's news and opinion website. Also coming soon is Soapbox Radio, which will be produced right here at the Plex. To check out Soapbox, visit getuponit.org and get up on it. For anybody listening to the show, don't forget to call in 408-457-1757. Yes, that is a phone number where you can call us and talk about whatever you want. You want to talk politics? Talk politics. You want to talk religion? Talk religion. If you want to talk to us just to hear your own voice, call us. In fact, if you want to talk to us and make fun of us, even better. Again, that number is 408-457-1757. Call us anytime, 9 to midnight Pacific Standard Time. We want to hear you, and better yet, you want to hear us. In a world where flying saucers are hovering above Paris and Humphrey Bogart is clutching a woman close, you will hear the words of producer Dave at the Blacks live every Sunday, 9 to midnight. So Christine and I took time out to go see Hail Caesar. Mm-hmm. Randall, I don't think you were able to jump in and go see this. Sadly, no. I'm going to maybe go try to catch it this weekend with my pops. We're going to be hanging out on Valentine's Day because, you know, we're forever alone. You uh, you might not want to after the, the review from Christine and right. I. And I, I think in saying this, oh, really? I think Christine and I are both in agreement. Yeah. Um, this was not the best Cohen outing. It was no, not. It wasn't. It was not. It I, wasn't. Um, I, I, it almost seemed like a desperate attempt to for the Cohen brothers to be the Cohen brothers yeah, and just yeah. not pulling it off. No. They're just satirizing themselves. Yeah, almost, yeah, like, yeah. They, you know what? Okay, so it's it's set in uh, in uh, 1950s Hollywood, you know, and uh, I. I they they yeah, got I saw the, the I saw the trailers. I get the general they, idea. They got the themes right. Yeah, you, you know, get all the character like, tropes. Atmospherically speaking, I mean yeah. it's beautifully done. I mean yeah. wardrobe, the sets. 
you know, uh, even the actors and the demeanors, you know, before Hollywood was really overly glitz and glamorized and, and how it's just, you know, it has all these, these trappings of, you know, big money and all of these big Hollywood heads, you know, it was, it, when it was still kind of glamorous and it was, it was still kind of pretty and shiny and, oh, look at this fantastic celebrity and, right, right. Wow, you know, look at, you know, Garbo and, 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 and Gable and, 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 you know, I it was kind of romantic in that light, but it was it was too full of actors. It was. Um, I felt. I mean, honestly, like Channing Tatum got so little screen time. There's one section where he does this great, hilarious dance Dancing. number yeah. with these sailors, and it's all very homoerotic. Oh it yeah, was fucking hilarious. Nice. And then he has another scene, and that's it. And he's oh, wow. literally exits the film. Exits the film. And, wow. and, and okay. he made the huge sacrifice for the dog, which was, I mean, it was totally cute. <laughs> which is totally cute. Jonah Hill. Four Two and a half minutes of fucking screen time. Yeah. Scarlett Johansson. Five totally playing, or so? playing Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. Just this yeah. snotty little, um, you know, upstartish. Uh, my right. shit definitely doesn't stink, even when it's crammed down your throat. <laughs> you know, um, I uh, George Clooney in it. Still not a ton of screen time. Um, but he did have which is some funny, funny moments. Like the the movie's about him. The primary, the, right? The, like he's the Josh well, he's Brolin. The Mac- he's like the MacGuffin in the he, story, but right? He is the MacGuffin, or so you think. Josh Brolin Josh got Brolin. the primary amount of screen time, yeah. and I liked his yeah. character. Yeah, but it just seemed like. The the movie was kind of grasping for grandeur and it was really it fell Maybe short. Looking, looking it for Oscars. It fell, it fell short. Now I don't know if either of you watched um, the Cohen's previous outing uh, inside Llewellyn Davis or no. inside Llewellyn Davies. I did not. No. I hated it. I really? hated the movie. There was there was like a subplot that completely threw me out of the main plot and I just I just didn't like. I've watched it once. In the theater, and then I tried to watch it again a few months later, and I couldn't watch it. I did not like the film. I didn't like it. And I'm honestly, I came in with really high hopes. Me too. Honestly, all the best scenes in the movie were shown in the trailer. Yeah. There, there are a couple of funny things in there, uh, and I don't want to throw out too much since you have not seen it. Right. Uh, go see it, but catch a matinee so you don't pay as much. Yeah, right. I, right. I, I recommend the that. The one thing, the. The last Coen Brothers movie that I saw was True Grit. And oh, yeah. True Grit uh, was, for me, True Grit was fucking yeah, delightful. I loved it. Yeah. Thoroughly enjoyed that yeah. movie. Um, and it's, 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 Every bit a Coen Brothers film in in the in the best sense of the word, and so um, one of the things about them that I do love so much is the the ability that they have to elicit incredible performances from the actors which, with which they work. I presume that is still a that is that is is still a feature of this movie, right? The work from the actors themselves wasn't bad the story was just weak the story was yeah. weak and and really i mean yeah josh brolin he stole the movie and yeah he absolutely did and you know i love tilda swinton and yeah. you know i love her the moments whole, the, in the, the film twist with her yeah which i don't want to give away right but there's a funny funny little, little twist. ingenious twist and yeah. they play right. off it two or three yeah. times with her character and she's she does beautifully yeah the characters are are good the acting is 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 beautiful but it just 
it 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 seemed like they were going through their their chest of ideas and they found this one that was kind of polished but they still needed to work on it. they just didn't bother finishing it right they yeah. didn't really fully form and flesh out the idea and it was overcrowded yeah lots mm-hmm. of misspent and lost opportunities with solid actors right yeah I too mean, much screen time yeah was spent on extraneous and not enough in in oh, so it's in like burn after reading yeah, <laughs> but you know, yeah, I liked Burn. No, I like Burn after reading too, but well, because because the characters were them, fucking hilarious, and 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 that and that took way more. It, I thought it, the Burn after reading was much more comedic than this film. This film didn't. I, there was only a couple of moments where it's I like actually three or four was like, spots where I was like, yeah. ha, 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 ha. wow, this is well, funny. Which, which which is surprising because when I saw the trailer, I mean, Hail Caesar looked like it was going to be a big like kind of like caper sort Rolling of laughter. comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's you know, I thought so, no. and I hoped that and like it in the be, vein yeah. of like in the vein of the Lady Killers, which is yeah. such a great, oh sort of, my gosh, just a great caper film. It's <laughs> okay. just so. Ridiculous. Have you seen La- no, the Lady Killers? No, I've not seen it. Oh, do the Lady Killers is I wonderful. I fell off the Tom Hanks bandwagon a long time. Oh, ago. it's the last. Oh. It's the last great character acting role he did, and he's fucking phenomenal. Really? He's okay. like he's like an it's evil. It's on my Netflix queue. I just haven't watched. He's it. like is... an evil Colonel Sanders, okay. basically. It's fucking okay. brilliant. The, the Lady Killers is actually a remake of an old British film that had Sir Alec Guinness in it, and okay. we all know who he is. So sure. it 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 the remake is fantastic. It's 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 so you got to see it. It's hilarious. Okay. Yeah, they took um, a, okay. they took this British caper film and then moved it into the deep south. Yeah, in, I, in like the nineteen. 19- Oh, that's forty fantastic! No, 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 it's a, modern day. Oh, no, it, it takes is modern. Place in the that's present right. day. Yeah. yeah, it does take place yeah. in the present day. Okay, uh, but it's just Tom Hanks' character is like out of another time. Oh yeah, absolutely, completely absolutely, out of another time. Yeah. Like I said, he's that like an evil Colonel Sanders. It's one of the better Coen Brother movies out there. Um, okay, but oh, is that a Coen Brothers film? Yes, yeah. it is. Oh, yes, okay. yes, yeah, it's yes, a Coen yes. Brothers film. Did you see the man who wasn't there? No, I did not. The, that's the one with Eddie Norton. It's the black and white film that they did. Eddie Norton's or not Eddie Norton? Billy Bob Thornton. Oh, oh again, Orton's, okay. So I heard, the I heard about mixed this, up. but no. Yeah, it's a film noir piece that they did. Billy Bob Thornton plays the plays the main character. Uh, Tony Shalhoub is in it. And he plays an attorney, and he's outstanding. Francis McDormand plays Billy Bob Thornton's wife, and that man never looked so good until you put him in black and white. Uh, really? He just and he, he just looks horrible. He he has the, but he's got. When you watch the film, he's got a face that just looks so good in monochrome. <laughs> like it really does. I can't. He's That's not a very. Great. He's like not a very. I mean, he's an unconventionally sort of attractive Hollywood type, right? Yeah. But he's he he looks he looks beautiful in black and white. Like it's and 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 the way the whole film is is shot, it's got that very classic feel, and it's great. It's a it's an old film noir story that uh-huh. takes place. It's like about a guy who uh, he's a barber who tries to start a dry cleaning business, and then there's a murder. Of course, of course. A murder. <laughs> what would a film noir be without a body? Wow. Okay, I guess I'm gonna have to go uh, back and 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 mine the. Yeah, yeah it's good. But mine, mine it's one of their lesser known films. That they they did that. it for they did it for like. Uh, for USA Networks, oh, so it was kind of a lesser known thing that they did, but it's mm. but it's it's great. Well, yeah, no, but for Hail Caesar, yeah, it. I don't know how it, how it got so many rave reviews, but it com- fell completely flat for it me. Did. And and it's and it's probably w- the most disappointing Coen Brother movies um, I've I'm, ever I'm seen. I'm gonna put it on on the on the same low ledge as uh, Inside Lewin Lewin. I can't I can't Llewellyn. I still to this day I can't pronounce this. If Inside you're gonna go Llewellyn to Davies. if you're gonna go to England, you better learn how to say Llewellyn, Llewellyn. Llewellyn. that's a fine because that's a fine Irish name there. Uh, it's a fine Irish name. And you're yeah. gonna and you're gonna hear it around wherever you go. Okay, yeah, Llewellyn. <laughs> huh? well, 
Well, maybe if I speak with a bit of an Irish, but no, I can't do Irish. I do a proper Scot, but you know, I can't do Irish because I'll fuck those peg fuckers. So, um, I do have to. When you're right, you're right, lad. Yeah, but when you're wrong, you're wrong. You stupid cunt face. Every single time. I can't do accents. They kind of like transform as I'm doing them from like British to old Russian ladies. Oh no, that's great. So then you should just kind of segue. Stick with the Russian. Stick with the Russian. Yeah. So I'm gonna give a quick shout out to one one film that I did see yesterday, which I didn't I didn't have high hopes for. I went again just as simple popcorn fare. I'm a. I'm a Jane Austen fan. Okay. Of course you are. I'm a Jane Austen fan. I've 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 read uh, Emma. Oh, I've read Sense okay. and Sensibility. Uh, Northanger Abbey. Have. You know, I've read the lot. You know, I mean, it, when it comes to reading classic British literature, you know, I've I've read all of Jane Austen's books. And so yesterday, I saw Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. <laughs> and uh, being as familiar with uh, Pride and Prejudice as it's my favorite, um, you know, the BBC drama with Colin Firth. Um, good but kind of long. Um, the Ang Lee directed um, and Kira Knightley Helms uh, version in 2005, which I fucking love, uh, still is 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 one of my favorite films. I could see Ang Lee doing a really good job. No, if you guys Pride haven't seen Prejudice. Sense and Sensibility, yes, he did a fantastic uh, job in, with Sense in, in and Sensibility. 2005. No, yeah. uh, you're thinking of the same author though, because she did yeah. Yeah. Pride yeah. and Prejudice as well as. But uh, so, uh, if you haven't seen Ang Lee's Sense and Sensibility with Kira Knightley, it's really good. Well, Kira I mean, Knightley really isn't in Sense and Sensibility. That's Emma. Oh, excuse me, you, Pride and Prejudice. Yeah, I missed yeah, it all. Yeah, Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> if you haven't seen Ang Lee's Pride and Prejudice from 2005, helmed by Kira Knightley, then then if you like a good proper uh, British drama period piece, as directed by an Asian man, <laughs> as directed by an Asian man who fucking got the tone and everything right. Yeah. Um. Anyways, I went and saw Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Um, helmed by um, the lovely and, and very sexy Lily James um, with a very surprising um, uh. Uh, cue of uh, Matt Smith mm-hmm. as uh, uh, Cousin Collins. I think I'm pronouncing that right. Anyways, I didn't go in with high hopes for this movie and I wasn't disappointed. <laughs> I was not disappointed. Um, I mean, it starts off well enough, uh, you know, following some of the cues of the book, but then like, of I, cor- I Of course read, it was stupid. I didn't read Pride and Prejudice and Zombies and I might just have to read it. Well, of course it's meant to be silly. Well, no, I it mean, was silly, but I mean, this, ah, God damn. I oh, mean, no, this, this is some lowbrow shit. shit. Oh, yeah, just, of course, of course. It was so ridiculously silly and stupid at some points and I went... Oh, okay, yeah. So I took uh, I took a lovely lady with me, and she and I were both just we were just kind of snuggled up in these two chairs, just laughing our faces off because it was just so ludicrous, you know, uh, overtly sexualized in some of these points as as, uh, as the daughters are uh, as the daughters are getting ready to go out. Um, you know, they're they're gearing up, and you know, they're they're straightening their petticoats and then flipping the petticoats off to show this very well formed gam and the sheath, which they. Yeah. You know, a uh, very, very uh, um, expertly twirl daggers and she. Oh, it's like watching. It's like watching anime. Oh no, right, no, it, right. it was. There's, there's a fight uh, between um, the protagonist um, um, and uh, her, the, the guy that she ultimately falls in love with. In, in the book, it's you know, it's this impassioned uh, plea by him towards her for his love for her and her rebuking him. 
rather yeah. harshly. Very, yeah. You know, and it's set uh, on this pedestal in the book, and, uh, you know, they're on this, this terrace, and it's raining, and uh, Ang Lee's version of uh, Pride and Prejudice just reiterates this beautifully. In this, they have, like, a knockdown, drag-out fight, and they're beating the crap out of each other, and, like, <laughs> they're brandishing weapons, and, like, clothing is just... Whoosh, just coming off and oh, like, it's like they that. do this slow motion where she like drags this dagger up and opens his lapel <laughs> and then he returns and parries her hit and knocks like the first two buttons in her bosom just suddenly oh, it's like I that mean, it so bad. it's like course. that fight scene in the remember in the in the in the Zorro movie with Antonio Banderas yeah, and yeah, yeah, Zeta Jones. And yeah. basically Catherine everything Zeta Jones. Catherine Zeta Jones excuse me yeah yeah exactly it was it's the same shit yeah it was it was great I mean it was it was a good laugh honestly as like as a date movie goes yeah. it was kind of funny there was a couple give you something to talk some shit about well it, it was I was talking shit through like half of the second half of the film but so Harrison I have some bad news for you so Pride and Prejudice in 2005 was actually directed by Joe Wright Sense and Sensibility was directed by Ang Lee. Thank you. I've, well, mi- I've mixed it up. E- either way, Ang Lee did direct one of those. You're doing, yeah, you're and doing it was fabulous. Fabulous. You're proud right Thank now. Yeah. Well, no, because I knew. I was like, no, Ang Lee did yeah, Sense okay, and Sensibility. See, so I was like, who, the who's the guy who did Pride and Prejudice? You're, I don't remember his name. You're doing Fact Checker Tara proud. Yeah, apparently. Right yes. Were she here, she'd probably salute you. Probably. So, um, so Joe Wright. Joe Wright, Joe yeah. Wright directed, and, but and I mean, either way, he's, I mean, he's fabulous. He job. was in love with Kira Knightley because he, uh, what he did, he did Atonement. No, he did Sense and Sensibility. Then he did Atonement, and then he did um, Anna Karenina. I mean, I could, I could, I could talk some movies here until I'm blue in the goddamn face. If yeah. you guys haven't seen Joe Wright's Anna Karenina, I've seen it. Oh my god! Yeah. Oh my God! And the stuff they do with the set pieces oh, and like yeah, moving yeah. it around while in frame and these long tracking shots. Yeah. Wow! The cinematography. No, I. And I think they won awards that yeah, yeah, year yeah. for a- it, as well as in, in Pride and Prejudice. His cinematography yeah. and that is, a, you know, whoever their cinematographer was, outstanding. Yeah. And uh, Atonement was a film that ripped my, oh my fucking God. guts out. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, that's uh so good, and that's the first. Uh, the first period I saw. piece movies are my um, guilty pleasure. Thank you. Okay, we have more to talk about because <laughs> that's actually the first movie that I saw. Uh, Sorcy Ronan. Sor- Sorcy Ronan. Yeah. 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 I think I pronounced her name. Yeah. She's like huge now. She is. She's but getting. Is, she's getting she up there. Like How do you spell that? S a o i r e. Sorcy. Sirsha. Is it Sirsha? Sirsha. Well, fuck, she, fuck off. I know it, she's Irish. Kind of Irish. The she's Irish, yeah. No, she's Australian. But it's an Irish name. Yeah, she's Australian. Saoirse. At least I think she's Australian. No, she's Irish. Is she Irish? She is Irish. God damn it. Here I am getting <laughs> getting, getting one up. Remember so, Llewellyn and Saoirse. Yeah, yeah. Saoirse. Remember that when you were in England. Saoirse, that's gorgeous then. Yeah, Beautiful it's pronounced pretty. properly. Long story short. Go see Pride and Prejudice and Zombies if A, you like the book, B, uh, if you just have like two hours to kill, uh, or C, if you've got like a stupid date who wants to, you know, who, who you might find grasping your arm or if at least you've got a couple hours that you don't want back. Uh, yeah, yeah. fan in your life we now have cthulhu xenomorphs and for the uneducated that would be uh, the alien from aliens and uh, zombies available 
in all shapes and sizes. So if you're uh, feeling like getting a little hankering on for I don't know a little 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 space marriage, a little uh, a marriage of your vagina and their face, then uh, look no further than these fun little items. Fulfilling the fantasies of so many nerd women oh, everywhere. Yeah. These images are uh, fucking awful. The one of Cthulhu yeah, is just, I mean, it comes in a variety of colors. Yeah. And you have to give it up to the, the creators of this. Cthulhu's got like this little this little tendril, this tentacle coming off the end. So, you know, it's a double stimulation item. Um, you know, and it does come, uh, again, in, in colors. You've got this lovely aqua. Um, you have this uh, this kind of uh, urchin, sea urchin green, uh, and then this this very vibrant red algae. Um, <laughs> how are we How are we using our NPR voices to talk about horror movie dildos? How is this even? Well, how, I've got images in front of me. It's very very easy. Uh, I I know there's just there's so much vocal fry with um, all the dildos. Well, you know I do I do <laughs> listen dildos. to quite <laughs> I do listen to quite a lot of NPR. <laughs> As of as of late, I have been almost exclusively listening to NPR. Did you guys see the the it's the the fucking xenomorph dildo? All yeah. I want to know is like it does does it, it have the like, like a, does it have the like the like the rapid extend mouth? <laughs> right, thing? right, yeah. So that you know for that for that extra for that you extra know, something, something. Do you do you like your cervix penetrated? Well, here. <laughs> <laughs> Take a bite out of your vagina. Well, you know, no. to oh be my fair, Giger stuff is really, really sexy. I oh. mean, if you look at his artwork, oh, yeah. so yeah. I could see a lot of Giger fans just eating this up. Wow. Um, you know, I have to say that my favorite easily is the uh is the zombie. The zombie esque ones. Yeah, because I mean it's I mean it's 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 very straightforward. It's a penis, yeah. Yeah. but there are definite tears and fissures. Um, in this this purple mold right. that uh, you know expose uh, you know these Don't bloody put it in veins and you know there's a stitch here at the base and well I can imagine some really macabre and twisted people getting off on a zombie phallus you know plunging in and out of wow yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So this story is dead. For this, the story, this story is dead. For the necromaniac this in your life. Fantastic. So I think that uh, I I think we've 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 mined this little cavern <laughs> of gold. I don't here. know if there was I don't know if there was much there uh, to begin no, with. No, 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 that was great. I'm just gonna leave that in. So Christine, mm-hmm. I know that when I saw this story here, I was really excited. Yes. So Oh, yeah. um, why don't why don't you tell us about this little story? Absolutely, Christine? we are finally after twelve years getting another Doom, Doom! game. Yes! Oh my god! Ah, uh, and this I've god. I've seen the footage on YouTube of some of the is play. It not fucking. It is fucking lush. awesome. The, it, it, Got the, the mapping is. Gorgeous! Oh, absolutely gorgeous! Flawless. No, this this and game this game looks fucking beautiful. There's yeah. a there was a cover story right, on it in Game right. Informer a, a little while ago that was fucking. There's a bunch of concept art and it's really dope. Yeah. No, I have a copy of it. In my living. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to get my hands on it. So see, this is how I play Doom. I I go into my room and I put my game in my console and I turn off the lights. You turn the lights off. And yes. I yes. scare the shit uh, out yes. of myself. Yes. While I'm shooting these fucking things in the head, no, and I, I love it. When Doom. Three came out. I was really fortunate. I had a I had a a, a fucking boss ass PC at the time that my uncle built up for me. He was a tech manager at uh, 
uh, at CompUSA. I remember when the you computer had this repair computer. department, mm-hmm. and this this computer was a was a fucking super beast. And I got a copy of Doom Three, and same thing. I had a I was living in a house at the time where there was a big addition in the back, and it was this big empty room, and it was a uh, it was aluminum siding, so it was hollow and kind of rickety. And so I'd go out there and I'd fire up the computer and I'd crank the speakers up fucking full blast and I'd play Doom 3 with and the shit would just reverberate throughout the room. Right. And dude, my ex-wife would come out there and just fucking scream at me like, you need to stop (laughs) screaming. (laughs) What What the fuck is the matter with you? I'm like, there are imps everywhere. Everywhere. And I cannot kill them all fast enough. You have to help me, honey. Get the oh. chainsaw. <laughs> have, uh, have, have you guys seen? This? So the link that we posted in this in this feed here uh, leads to a, a fantastic little like two minute bit of gameplay, right. and then the auto loop. The next queue up is uh, gameplay of eighteen minutes. Yes. Oh really? I don't know That's if you guys have watching. seen that. Yes. No, I haven't. Um, oh my god! Yeah, we'll put the trailer in the we'll put the trailer in the show notes so that um, everybody can check it out. Legal, it's but oh, I and mean, we're just gonna put a link in the show notes. Okay, is that okay? <laughs> I mean, yeah. we put links to all kinds of things in the show notes. But so. yeah, I'm super excited. Uh, I've it's been playing stupid. Doom since I was like nine years old. Dude. So yeah, no, this no, is no. Awesome. Thank you. I I, I was playing uh, the original Doom uh, in. Uh, in middle school into high school, mm-hmm. I remember uh, being in, in in high school. There was a there was a group of us. We would go into the computer lab, and we were we were like you know really good with uh, with with the uh, the main uh, computer science teacher, mm-hmm. and uh, he would let us come in on our lunch, and before school and after school, and we could uh, uh, work. Right. And that was uh, really just fucking tearing <laughs> land party, tearing land doom. party. Yes. That was that was land my first party. introduction in a land party, and I tell you. Oh man, that was—I mean—that was like my burgeoning. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, um, best uh, game ever. Gameplay right there. Mm. I mean, that's right. that's how I really stumbled upon really good games, and it was all about slaying these yeah. these crazy Fucking undead egg. evil. <laughs> I was a little ball of rage at nine years old. <laughs> you? Yeah. No. Oh, no, no, you no. couldn't put. No, not the Viking no. lady. I never saw that. Coming. No, no. So Doom and uh, some Metallica at the same time got oh, me through God. a lot so, of shit. Are you listening to? Master puppets and playing fucking Doom absolutely. Two. What el- what, what better else? yet, kill them all. What <laughs> else do you kill listen- them all? What else do you listen to when you're playing a game like Doom? And then some yeah. fucking some Too seriously right. heavy Too shit, right? right? I was really fortunate as a kid that um, I grew up with computers my whole life. I never had video game systems. My parents didn't believe in like having just something so limited in, in purpose as a as just like a video game console, but they're like, you can have a computer so you can tinker and do all kinds of crazy shit. Yeah. But of course, 90% of what I was doing was playing video games. Or so watching porn. Or watch, yeah, that, that came, well, I mean, I not when I was hand eight, hand, of course. when right, I had my TI-44A right. and I was eight oh, years old and right, I was yeah, playing yeah. those like text-based, I was playing right. Zork when I was like eight and a half. But then when I got my first PC, then it was, then it was pornography. It yeah. Was doom porn. Wait, what? <laughs> Like, Doom was porn. Thank you very much. Doom was fucking war porn. Yeah. It was war porn. Yeah. It was space war porn for this adult oh, yeah. fucking science oh, yeah. fiction nerd kid that I was. That just no. It. it I'm watching this gameplay right here, and I'm just like, it was beautiful I'm and fun. The fuck like, out on yeah. this gameplay right here. This is this is beautiful fucking gameplay right here. Yeah. This is ridiculous. This, this good. video looks so good and on our podcast. And it's consistent with previous Dooms with the first person yeah, shooter yeah, yeah, mode. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, you got your fucking shotgun and you got your imps flying out of dark corners at I'm gonna you. I'm going to buy a PlayStation 4. 
yeah. and then and then we're gonna have a party and we're gonna piss Dave off. It seems, Fuck yeah, I'm, it, I'm in. It seems worth getting a system for. Well, it, yeah. it, the thing that I'm love is I'm looking at this right now and it looks so much like Doom Three did, but just yeah. better. Like yes. the all the lighting stuff is a little better. All of the all of the 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 texture mapping mm -hmm. and it's just a little cleaner, mm -hmm. a little it's smoother. Too. It's very clean. Yeah, yeah. It's really clean. I mean, well, it's, Doom it's not Three bitty, was it's super not pixelated. Clean. Doom Three was good. Doom yeah. Three was gorgeous. They pioneered so much amazing shit with Doom Three. The beautiful thing too, going back to what I was saying with this, that when I had this fucking PC, I used to be able to run Doom Three at all of the max. Settings, that, oh, nice. Which were cooking most people's computers at the time. So you couldn't run the maximum lighting and the shading and all the stuff. And when you could run that game on full power, it looked almost like this. Right. Uh -huh. I mean, the, right. the technology in many respects has not come as far as we like to think. It's just that the hardware has. Yeah. The hardware's kind of, but this, I mean, that, that fucking gun that looks just yeah. beautiful. Oh, Sexy, man. It? Yeah. And, and, and the way he picked it up and cocked it and he's oh, looking he's at all the looking setting. at it like, oh, beautiful. it's all locked and loaded and ready to uh, fucking kill everything. I'm I'm thoroughly excited for yeah. this game and I'm I'm a closet gamer. As any yeah. of you know, I find a game and I just play the shit out of it and then I don't touch a game for like three or four months and I find another game that and I play the shit game. out of. So yeah. What's fun too with this is how they did like all the, there's like extra attacks and stuff now, like the close-up kill shot thing. Right. Where you right. see him, he's like, it up. Nice. he runs up, and grabs the and he, alien, he hits and him hits head. him with the. They, they did one earlier where he open. ripped up behind a guy, and he like he put his hand in his mouth yeah. on mm -hmm. the top jaw, and he starts to pull the skull back, and then he grabs the mandible and just yeah, uh, just rips his fucking skull open. Well, yeah, brilliant. like when the with the trailer, uh, with the the actual uh, press trailer for it, the last thing that you see is you know you as the main character, you go down, and yeah, then this alien fucked. is standing over you and just stomps you in the face, and oh. it's all, and then it's all doomed. Yeah, you're, you're dead. Like, oh, that's sexy. <laughs> I can't wait to die that's in this sexy. game. Yes, I'm, uh, gonna, I'm gonna have there's going to gonna be so much dying. So much death. I'm going to have to so uh, get get a console here, and I, I fuck, I'll be able to afford it. Well, not to toot my own horn, but I'm just going to do it, because fuck it. I'm going to put that bitch on layaway. So we're going to take a, a few minutes here to talk about what could possibly be the coolest damn train set I've ever seen. Epic. So, um, and how many train sets have you seen? This is uh, well, I've I've seen quite a few. Honestly, a few. Dad was a bit of a tinkerer when I was growing up. So, um, the famed Hamburg Miniature Wonderland, touted as the largest model train set in the world, is actually done this really crazy. Uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for here? They they've centered on all of these great American. Landmarks. They did Vegas. Oh, it's not just American. It's everything all over the world. Oh, these yeah. guys, these these guys have created the world's largest and most complex and comprehensive train set of, and on the planet. And it reflects most of the planet. It includes things like a fully functioning, like synchronized airport. Uh, it goes to all these different countries in the world and has all kinds of crazy shit going on. It's set up with dozens and dozens of cameras all over the place yeah. where you can watch the, the action and it's powered by this huge bank of computers. And it's, it's, it's this amazing thing that has to be seen to be believed. And what's great is that now um, Google team, Google just teamed up with these folks and uh, did a whole Google map street view of the entire Train set. system. Yeah. So you can go on to you can go on to Google Maps right. and look this up through uh through a link. We'll we'll throw the link up in the show notes to the to the article. 
where you can access this and you can go and just look at all of the mappings of the of the train from a first person perspective down on the ground they made these teeny tiny cameras yeah. that they put on the trains and just and film this entire just because just because they can just because just because cuz why not like if you want to go and explore the Swiss Alps, they've got a model of the Swiss Alps with the trains and the big aqueducts that they go over. It's absolutely stunning. And it must have taken these model makers years to do this. It's very impressive. Yeah, it's a whole uh, it's a whole work in progress. I mean, this thing yeah. they're, they're continuously expanding Building. It by, yeah. by the by the look of it. And yeah. I mean, this is this is ridiculous how intricate this is. According I to mean, the, really intricate. Yeah. yeah, according to the Popular Mechanics article, they have eight thousand miles of track and over two hundred thousand individual like people figures on it. Over two thousand individual. Two hundred thousand. Two hundred thousand individual plastic wow. figurines. Wow of people oh that's and, and that see, speaks nothing of all of the like the cars and the buses and the trains and the thing that the trees the thing is too is all of that stuff like they have all you know there's these cities and stuff that they've built where there's dozens and dozens of cars and they all move and all the mm-hmm. buses and the train and and the yeah, vehicles and stuff all move everything is motorized yeah. this thing is it's got to be seen to be believed. It's yeah. it's it's incredible. It's really impre- impressive. As I'm I'm watching this video again, I mean they've got uh, stadiums. You know they've got like this little riot from uh, coal miners. Uh, looks like they've geez, it looks like a chemical gas explosion. They've got an image of these lovers sitting in the middle of dandelion fields. There's <laughs> there's a wake. There's uh you know something going on with the Buddhist temple. I mean they've literally done everything. They even have little underwater scenes, a UFO flying across. I mean trumpets from from a castle. You get the idea. I mean these people put everything. Oh, there's, into there's, this. there's 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 people having sex in a car. Awesome. <laughs> in okay. there they'll they'll show you. No the 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 promotional video for this is just is just wonderful because since it since it's in Germany. You know, they are not afraid to be a little risque. They are not. The things, with the things no. that they want to say to you. We squ- it's a little, we it's a little naughty no here and there. out the window showing her boobs off. Yeah. Right. It's, 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 it's very... There's, there's a crime scene. Like, there's a body in a goddamn river. <laughs> you know? Uh, I mean, they, they literally, they just said, hey, this is real life, and we're going to show every facet Welcome of it. to our world, yeah. Right. Yeah. It's fantastic. Um, uh, We'll put this in the show notes, but again, this is the miniature... Wonderland, mm-hmm. um, the largest railway uh, system uh, model train set in the world, yep. showcasing uh, wonders from all over Vegas, Moscow, uh, looks like Sydney. Um, I mean, big world, you name it. Uh, they've they've got a little miniature version of the city. It's so cool. listening to face for radio we hope you've enjoyed tonight's broadcast i know that we all have the viking has enjoyed herself immensely i can see her bristling (laughs) from here i know that we have a lot of fun things in store for the ensuing weeks we are going to get on to the big topic on the next show of the walking dead that is probably going to top 
the TV section. I know I have a little catching up to do, but uh, Mr. Aubrey over here, he knows his stuff when it comes that's, to The Walking Dead. The Walking Dead's my shit. That's that's his shit. That's my shit. So look forward to also us talking about Deadpool. Oh, yeah. Once again, thank you very much for joining us tonight. We've had a lot of fun. Look forward to many more crazy episodes from us in the ensuing weeks. And I definitely do look forward, cringe, to doing this as a weekly. As for now, expect us every two weeks through March. And then we will be going weekly come April. May the force be with you. Thank you, listeners. Have a good night, everybody. Thank you. So